Hi, I'm Carrie Butler, and you're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I have a special offer for my listeners. You can get my new course at carriebutlercoach.com slash broadwaypodcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I played a penny who just couldn't stop the beat Yes, with all their skates on her feet And all who loved to ease Although it's recently deceased A real cool mom Musical version of Welcome back to Breaking Broadway. I am here with Bonnie Milligan, who is nominated for a Tony for Kimberly Akimbo. She was also nominated and won a Theater World Award for Head Over Heels. And she was on the TV show Search Party for a bunch of episodes. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My husband and I loved you so much in Kimberly Akimbo. Um, After you had come on and said like a few lines, my husband turned to me and was like, who is this? (laughs) He's a writer and director. And we both just Um, like, you are hilarious in this show. The first second you were on stage, so, so funny, nailed it. And then your voice like, like, whoa, so good. So, so good. Um, (laughs) I can't believe I've never worked with you before or or done anything with you before, um, but I'm sure I will soon one day. (laughs) Yes, But I I heard so much about you from Rachel York, who you did head over heels with, right? Like she loves you. Yeah. Anyway, welcome. Thank you. It's a very exciting time. Thanks for squeezing us in. Oh my God. I'm so happy to. This is exciting. (laughs) So I usually like to start with um, asking people about their journey to getting to be a Tony nominee. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you grow up loving theater? When did you first find theater? Yeah, I grew up, I mean, loving arts of all kind. I was a singer first. I came from a very musical family. My mom- Where did you grow up? I grew up in central Illinois. So okay. big, big musical theater. <laughs> Huge musical theater community. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, my dad was a preacher. And how my parents met was like my mom was the new piano player. 
for the Southern gospel group, my dad was the lead singer in. So like that tells you a lot. Uh So we would kind of travel around and he would preach and we would sing as a family. So I sang as soon as I could talk and And I loved, I loved singing and people always kind of like responded to it. And, you know, when you're like little and people like, there's a calling on your life. And I'd be like, okay, I don't know what that means, but thank you. And I didn't really get into, it's so funny. I say not until 10. <laughs> like, at 10, we had a Christmas show. Now my school was really small. We would have like 25 kids in a grade, like not a class, but a grade. Wow. And so the entire elementary school, K through four, would sit in the bleachers, like in the gymnasium. And they could all fit on one one side. <laughs> and then there was a stage and the fifth graders would be on stage. And how the musical worked was like the whole school would sing all the songs and then the fifth graders would act. So oh. you knew it was coming for like mm-hmm. years as you sat mm-hmm. in the bleachers. But then in fifth grade, I got the lead. And it <gasps> was, I think it was probably some show that probably the teacher wrote. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> right. The elf who saved Christmas. <laughs> and I got to be the elf, Georgian. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um. So after that, you had the bug? Like, oh, I had the bug. I, I saw old, like, journal entries. I spent a lot <laughs> of the pandemic with my mother <laughs> and seeing the old journals being like, I finally figured out what I want to do with my life. I'm going to ask. And I was 10. Ridiculous. And so I really thought, like, I want to be like a movie star. I want to, you know, do all this stuff. I grew up watching Nick at Night when mm-hmm. I went to sleep. And Nick at Night in the 90s was like, I love Lucy, Mary Tyler Moore, Dick Van Dyke, um, Get Smart, I Dream of Jeannie. So like I grew up on those classics, those comedy, wonderful classics, Taxi. And I had a very, I always think of the song at the ballet from A Chorus because I had a very active imagination. And I started doing community theater, et cetera, when I was in junior high. And my mom, we would like see auditions in the paper and she would drive me to them. My grandma like sent me to musical theater camp over the summers. And so it started becoming like everybody immediately was very on board of like helping foster that, which was really great. Yeah. And then I went to school for acting. I didn't go for musical theater. I went for acting. Where did you go? Ohio State. I moved to Ohio when I was 16. So just Midwest is both. But um, I went to the Ohio State University and went for acting. And it was really there that I started belting. I hadn't belted yet. I'd really just been like mix. Wow. and And I sang along to the radio to like my favorites, again, 90s divas were like Celine and Whitney and Mariah and Same. Yeah, yeah. So I would sing like them if I sang along. But like if I if you just gave me a piece of sheet music, it would be full like mix, like it's huh? like stuff like that. So anyway, it was in college when I finally started learning to belt through my Kristen Linklater voice class for an actor and just learning about my resonators. Wow. Oh, wait, I could do a a big Broadway kind of sound. And so that's kind of that evolution of how. And how did you get your first break then? Oh my. Did you, did you like find, did you have a showcase? Did you find an agent in a showcase? We didn't have a showcase because it wasn't like a BFA, you know, it yeah, wasn't yeah. a musical theater program. So I came to the city right before I left college. I had someone like a mentor sort of 
drunkenly say, what are we going to do with you? Cause you know, <laughs> you're, you're not going to make it right. Oh because, no. Because of the fat thing and they only <gasps> want skinny. Mm. And I really believed everything this person had said. Oh. And I didn't realize what it kind of did to me. And so I moved to the city and I lost a lot of confidence mm. and I started temping and then I was waitressing and, um, about five years went by and I wasn't really hitting the pavement. I think like I had imagined I would. And the things I would go to, I would get kind of typed out. I didn't have an equity card. I didn't have an agent. And um, I had a friend who was a part of the flea theater down yeah. off, off Broadway in Tribeca. And they usually have a once in a year audition to be part of their company. But they were going to remount a very successful like New York Times pick show that was a four and a half hour Greek epic. Wow. Um, it was all of Sophocles shows in one night. So it started with Oedipus Rex and went to Antigone. Wow. And the Greek chorus were like six singing nurses and they added all this music. So they really wanted to have auditions for like actual singers this go around rather than just from their company. And he said, you got to audition for this. And I kind of, in between, I'd gotten myself into therapy. I realized I was kind of in like in a dark place and I had to work through a lot of stuff and fall in love with myself again and try mm -hmm. to find that confidence again. And um, I really kind of tried to talk myself out of going to that audition. I, um, the night before I said, okay, I got my song. Let me relook at the audition requirements. And it said Shakespearean monologue. I thought, oh God, I haven't done Shakespeare since college. And well, now I can't go. I was like, well, <laughs> do I remember them? And then sure enough, I remembered the mot. They're still in there. And I thought, oh, well now it's 2 a.m. Like I can't just go like for an open <gasps> call. Like I'm going to miss all the, 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 you know, slots. And so I didn't set an alarm. I talked myself out of it and I woke up at 10 and it just kept gnawing at me, like, just go, just go. And I was like, well, this is dumb, but okay. <laughs> and I went down there and there was one audition slot from like 10 minutes from that moment that had been erased. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Yep. <laughs> so I essentially like signed in and was taking my coat off when they're like, Bonnie Milligan. And I'm like, oh <gasps> like, so <laughs> like, I was like, okay, wow. So I went in and. Um, I got that job and wow. part of that job was networking and kind of the director was very adamant about that, like mingling with the audience and getting to know them. And we would get industry sheets before like emails, like who was in the audience. And anyway, all that to say a, uh, a casting director was in one show named Andrew Feminella. They have their own casting agency now. And they came up to me afterwards and they said, you don't have an equity card. You don't have an agent. And I said, no. And they were like, okay, can I get your email? And I can't, they were working at Telsey at the time. And I came into Telsey on like a Sunday and their boyfriend, uh, Will Van Dyke, who's now like done so much like orchestration, supervising, et cetera, working at um, little shop right now. He played for me in the room and Andrew put me on tape. And submitted me to agents. Wow. And that's how I had a, a, a several agent meetings. I signed with my agency. Um, soon after that, you know, Will was part of the team for Kinky Boots and said they were casting the tour and said, we need to get this girl, Bonnie Milligan, in here. Oh, my gosh. And I went in and I got the first national tour. 
And that's how I so got it my just, It happened card. so fast, like once it turned, huh? And that's how I got my equity card was that yeah. Kinky Boots tour. And so it was something that like, everything was like a little delayed. And for years, I felt kind of like a little shamed about that. Cause I was like, oh, I didn't move here. I didn't get things right away. But it's something that it is like, no, it's so important to talk about that. There are so many different ways that these things can happen. And it's, I'm, I'm a much better artist. I mean, for all the hardness I've gone through, it's crazy when you really like stop and think about the timeline of it, how long it took. And then how like, they're right. We're off to the races. It was yeah. not. Yeah. I love that. That's such an inspiring story. Yeah. Even just like how you found your represent. I mean, just one person, it really does just take one person believing in you. Yeah. Like song. <laughs> yeah. And even like before that, it was interesting because I had done, again, I was doing this show at the flea and David Dabin was our music supervisor. He was the one kind of putting all the things together. And his partner is Andy Einhorn. And David was working on a song with the amazing Dick Scanlon for just a one night only concert at like Joe's pub for a thing. And it was all Broadway stars singing things. And what's funny, it was Brander Victor Dixon. It was a man that was set to sing this song that then, I don't know if it was David or Dick, one of them said, I kind of always imagined this as a woman anyway. And then David said, I'm working with this girl in this show right now. She, I, I was nobody, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had nothing, you know, and I think she'd be great on it. And so it, they asked me, it was like a Friday, the, the concert was on Sunday. So I went to, you know, David's apartment. I met Dick Scanlon. When I moved to the city, I was listening to Thoroughly Modern Millie as yeah. we like approached the, the Oh my gosh. Which is what's beautiful. I told this to Janine too, you know. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. That was one of the first shows I really, really fell in love with so much. And so to meet Dick Scanlon and then to do an original song of theirs. And Dick recommended me to Michael Mayer for a reading of something. And again, I had no representation, no this was before my agent even. So I had done this really high profile reading because of these connections. So when I met with the agent, she was like, she had a client in that reading. She was like, how did you get in there? And I was like, I just met people. (laughs) I just did. Okay, let's do this. I was like, okay, great. Amazing. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. 
Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. And did you have to audition for Kimberly Akimbo? I did. Yeah, I was I was back home during the pandemic. At the beginning of the pandemic, my um my dad was suffering pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And so from diagnosis to his passing was five and a half weeks. It was oh no. Crazy fast. That was during pandemic? Right before it's like he got diagnosed mid-February and he died on March 20th. Oh, I'm so sorry. And so I had been in the process of flying back and forth. We hadn't, you know, shut things down yet. And I had gigs and I had things, but I'd be there and I'd come back. And anyway, the last one I was set to come back to the city. I was gonna guest with Betty Buckley at the Cafe Carlisle that week, you know, and I had a show at 54 below at the end of the month. And all of a sudden Broadway had just shut down and I thought, I don't know what this thing is, but if my dad goes, I was set to leave on the 15th. Uh, what if they shut down the airports? And so my brother still lives in Illinois. He never moved to Ohio. My mom's Ohio and my dad was Detroit. So he, I said, can you actually just drop me off at mom's on your way home rather than the airport? And I had a backpack. I didn't have a checked bag or anything. And like, okay. And then my dad passed, you know, a week later, and then I might be here a couple of weeks turned into 11 months, which was crazy to be in my thirties, to be at my mom's house and to be confronted with everything. And you just lost one parent. So you want to mm-hmm. cling to this parent. And she was still working at the post office. So I was terrified. Something mm-hmm. was going to happen oh, to her. Yeah. Yeah. My stepdad got cancer while I was there. I mean, it was a really oh horrible. Gosh. But days after my dad died is when I got the request to audition for Kimberly. And I said, no, I can't do that. And they said, well, we can give you a couple weeks extension. And then I just couldn't memorize the material. It was too difficult. Mm -hmm. My brain was so cloudy. Yeah, yeah. And I said to my agent, the one from the the get-go who who, took me from that, I said, can we just talk? Um, I'm in a bad place and I want to do this. I want to work with this team. I want to work on this show, but I never worked with any of them closely. None of them like could like vouch for me and like what I'm like in a room, et cetera. Um, And so I said, I have to hope that this is meant for me. And I, and they, if they can look, if they want, because at that time it was slated for the summer of 2020 at the Atlantic. And I was like, and the other part of your brain that's like, wants to, you know, the devil and the angel on your shoulder that wants to talk you out of things. is like, this isn't happening. This isn't real. We're not memorizing this, you know? <laughs> um, I said, I don't, I just, I can't make a tape. I think it would be more detrimental to me to make a bad tape, especially after they gave me two weeks extra right. and not making a tape at all. And hoping that if they're really, they need to find someone, they'll keep looking and they just won't be happy with what they found or it will come back to me that I just have to believe in that. And I don't know what to say other than that. I just, and I had, that's why I had to talk to her on the phone. Like you can't just email that. Right. So she talked to the team and they said, okay, we'll give her like, so it was supposed to be the last week of March. It ended up being the first week of May that I made a tape with my mom <laughs> in her living room. She was my reader 
where it was the first library scene and then they sat over better for me to learn. So she hit you know, play on the computer laptop for me to sing better and for me to do the scene with her. And then I got the job like the next day, not even like a, a callback or a Zoom session. So I was like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. And I was just like, okay, well, this was meant to be. Like I said, I hope it is. So had they seen you in something? That, did they, had they seen you in Head Over Heels? Like, Yeah, like Janine had seen Head Over Heels for sure. Um, I feel like I've talked to David Lindsay Bear. I think he saw Head Over Heels. Jessica Stone, I'm not sure. Danny Mefford, I hadn't met either of them. Um, Janine was the head of City Center for a while, and I did a couple of off-center things, which she'd also seen. I did, she was doing a reading of um, a show she was working on, and it was so developmental that there was, like, we were only working on Act 2, and they had not added an ensemble yet. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the three girls as ensemble, just kind of singing songs, but she was more in and out of the room working on it. So that was the extent that I'd worked with Janine. But um, no, it, it, it was crazy. And Danny Mefford, our choreographer, had said, we saw your tape. And I was like, well, that's it. That's her. Oh, wow. I never like really talked about it. I was like, okay. Like it was just nuts. Because also that part of me saying I need more time, you know, that first scene, it's essentially a long monologue that some people are saying some lines in between. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't be looking at a paper, eh? It reads rhythmically to me as it's it's going. She's a mile a minute. You don't have time to talk. So I'm like, I have to be solid on what these words are so that I'm not thinking about words so I can actually give the acting choice that I would like to show. Um, so yeah, it was crazy. I, and I met Jessica Stone over Zoom like months before we started in 2021 because we didn't start rehearsals till September of 21 and I got the job in May of 20. Wow. And then how long was there between the Atlantic and Broadway? So we closed the Atlantic January 16 of 22 and then we started previews. I want to say it was October 10 of 22. So about not that long, actually not that month long like but we started rehearsal i think in september so it was like nine months eight, oh, nine okay. months, eight yeah months. and that's because of covid too yeah it would have been faster yeah and they had they had honestly i think they had grappled with moving us in last season because we mm -hmm. could have yeah. but it was like covid was we had just dealt with the omicron surge mm -hmm. and it was like we want to stay open we don't want yeah, to open to do a work like we want to like yeah yeah it was smart to wait yeah yeah <laughs> that is an incredible incredible story even just that you had um the wherewithal to like say no i can't and so the strength it's hard that's really hard yeah. <laughs> yeah um so we don't have that much time with you because you have to run off you have so much stuff going on but do you have any um tips for young actors starting out or favorite advice that you'd like to give i think my favorite advice to give is always before even the acting of it all is to find yourself, your circle of people, whether that's your family, whether that's your friends, people that ground you, people that keep you humble, that support you, that love you. Um, because so much of this business is so uncertain and that mm -hmm. you will have so many no's and yes. you'll have some great yeses. But at the end of the day, you need 
the people that know you are worth more than your voice, than your acting, than anything that the business is saying is what your worth is. Um, you know, on Tony nomination day, I was surrounded by friends from Ohio that have known me for about 20 years. Mm. And that is what meant all the world because had that not happened, they would have probably busted out the champagne and say, guess what? We love, you know, like that's yes. what and then all the other stuff, find your, your crew, your, your, your home base that will love you, that you love. Um, and as far as being an actor goes, always search for the truth. You know, I, we, as you know, a fellow, you're a comedian, um, coming from a place of truth is what you have to want an audience to believe what you're doing up there. So, um, that's my best acting advice. Um, always approach things. I love table work. I love the, the puzzle yeah. of it all. Uh-huh. Um, and, and just, I have to say like your character really did come from the truth. Like, thank you. It, Cause it was, I mean, it's so funny and it could have gone in a completely different direction, but you were so grounded and you just completely believed that this was a real person. Thank you. <laughs> and, and, oh, I have one more question for you. Did yeah. you, so, you know, in a way she makes some really bad choices, but do you feel like you can justify all of the choices and that you love, that you love her even yeah. though she, Yeah. That was very important to me. Um, Uh I said, you know, I think I was also so excited to be in a room again because we had just been in the pandemic and wondering, will our business come back? Little, you know, I did a couple of Zoom readings. Those were, I mean, thank God we had something, but like you, we're going to go on a five and you go camera off and you go stand by yourself in the kitchen (laughs) to get a watch. Rather than everybody going by the Keurig machine and like meeting over our individual coffees. Yeah. you know, I have such a fun sense of community in this community. Like I know so many people I've worked with so many people because of those readings, because of those things where you really kind of have a fun week with a new person. Mm -hmm. And so I was so excited to be in a room again that I just, and again, tape work is my favorite and figuring all that out. And David Lindsay bear is such a genius. And so I Mm -hmm. said to him, I kept talking. I was like, I don't know if I'm annoying you with questions, but I'm just a excited to ask questions Mm -hmm. in a room too. And B it's also just my favorite and you're here. Uh, So I read love, right? Like I'm on the right path here. Right. Because I feel like some things want to say no, but I think what's beautiful and complicated about Deborah is that her one connection left to this world is Kimberly. I think everybody else has written her off. She, mm-hmm. she comes from a very dark, lonely place. Mm-hmm. Hurt. She comes from hurt and hurt people, hurt people. And That's so right, yeah. she has justified everything she's ever done to where like, it's like she stole, you know, jewelry from an old woman with dementia. And she was like, well, <laughs> she thought I was her daughter. And then was like, I made it joyful for her. Yeah. You know, she yeah, thought she was yeah. giving, she has talked herself into all of this stuff. We were doing like off Broadway rehearsal for the check washing scene. And I just kind of stopped. I went, Oh my God, I'm putting all these children in such danger. Like, how do I even justify this? And then I was kind of talking out loud and I would kind of talk and, you know, care. I'm no method actor, but I would kind of joke around and improv in character at times. And I was like, well, they're fine. Like what? Yeah. Look at Judy. <laughs> They're not going to go away. I'm going to go to prison for life. Oh, so and and that got added into the show. Then it got added into the show. Oh my god! For Broadway, that like yeah, that was hilarious. Like, your kids, kids can't get in trouble. Yeah. 
and I'm like, because I was improving, like, you know what? No, they're not going to get in trouble, like real trouble. They're fine. And I really don't care about the choir kids. Like I care about Kimberly though. And I think it's Deborah's form of parenting. Like I see this girl, like she wants so much, like, it's like, well then make it happen for yourself. My life lesson is literally steel, but guess what? It's worked for me. So if I can impart any wisdom on you, babe, no one will help you, but you. And even it's interesting. They made small shifts off Broadway to Broadway, giving Kim more agency and all this stuff. Like she really decides to leave the hospital and do this scheme. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Seth arrives to say it's still happening. And so I was talking to Justin Cooley and I said, there's a shift here for us because I think we have to have some form of respect that the fact that we were going to do this plan still, because your names are on the checks. So I said, I think I have gained respect for you because you're going to do it. And I'm, you may have gained respect for me because I was going to leave her out of it and let her heal. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fun to play these small shifts that happen off Broadway to Broadway. So that when I turn to him and say, when he's like, I'm just worried about Kim. And I go, don't be, she's tougher than you think. He goes, oh, I know she's tough. It's just, I said, you know what? You need to stop worrying about other people and start taking care of yourself. And you could read that really mean or how I take it is, this is my life lesson to you. Yes, yes. You're suffering right now and you don't have to. She wants in. She Mm -hmm. asked us to be a part of this. So stop worrying about her. She's strong. You don't know her like I know her. And you're just gonna hurt yourself if you don't look out for yourself, kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it came across. Yeah. You're a terrible person. I'm like, what? You know, (laughs) I think you have to play these things as her. Like, this is me actually being kind and telling you. That's right. And so you can say the most horrible thing, but with the intention of helping. That's right. That can give the audience to be like, oh my God, like that is a horrible thing to say, but like, she's a person and you buy it. Yeah. Um, So that was my way in. And I've known some complicated folks who have done some rough things. And I've had conversations with David Lindsay Abair about it. And I said, this is, I know this person and they're not a terrible person. They are like an eternal victim. And if you look at their circumstances, a lot of really hard things have happened to them and it's not okay what they've done, but like, it's also, I get it. So it's, that's, that's human. And that's, that's what's there on the page. And that's what we got to help bring out. Yeah. 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 I love that. We're all flawed. Um, We're all flawed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love the show. It's on playing. The music is playing in our house nonstop. My kids kids haven't seen it yet, but you know, they're dying to see it now because we play it all the time. Love it. And I love your performance so much. And thank you so, so much for being here with us. Thank you. It means a lot. Also, just as like my own sidebar, like I have just loved and admired your work for as long as I can remember. And so this is really cool. And um, it just means a lot to hear those words from you because I just think you're such a genius. So it really means the world. Tell everybody how they can find you on social media. So you can find me on Instagram at belting bonds, B-O-N-S. I'm not really as much on Twitter. I I would more go on Instagram. But okay. if you want to look at Twitter, it's Belting Bonnie, but it's oh. more Instagram than anything. All right. Well, thank you. Best of luck this season. Thank you. Bye, Bye. 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 Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you would like me to come to your school or theater group and give a masterclass or a talk back, please reach out at carriebutlercoach.com. If you like this podcast and want more episodes, please go to bpn.fm slash Breaking Broadway and subscribe, like, or share. Together you and I are Breaking Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.